This is a life-changing message from Abundant Life Christian Center in Newark, Delaware. More information about Abundant Life can be found at www.alcc1.org. Now, let's join Pastor Jack Miller. We have been talking about certain things that God wants for us as a church and certain things that God desires for us to walk in. And one of those things we had said that God desires for us as believers to be faithful, fruitful, and come on, that last one is fulfilled. Everybody say that faithful, fruitful, and fulfilled. That's what God wants. Now, we understand that through these teachings that God is building my character. Somebody say amen. Amen. He's he's helping me strengthen up my conduct. And also my commitment to him is being elevated. Amen. And my consciousness of God is also being awakened more. Amen. All right. See, because every last one of us have to work on certain things so that we all will become continually become closer to him. Somebody say amen to that. All right. Last week we were talking and we have been talking in the midst of uh Sin, because we have been talking about fruitfulness, but we're understanding that sometimes when we're trying to be fruitful, there are certain things that come in that can mess up your fruit. Somebody say amen. And as a believer, I don't want to be able to give God fruit that's not good. I've also, I've always told you, man, I've always told you that, uh, I, I'm a person that l- I like bananas. Somebody say amen. How many of y'all like bananas? Amen. Uh, a bunch of y'all. And uh, uh, because I like bananas, one of the things is that I, I only like them a certain way. Somebody say amen. And the way that I like them is I just ripe. I, li- I have to buy them green. You know, I look for green. Am, am I the only one? I look for green, and then when they go green, and then I look for them to, to turn just a little bit because I like that freshness. I like to, you know, because it's just fruit. It's real fresh. Well, it's the same way that when we present what we have been given, that God has given us, it should be a good fruit. Nobody likes rotten fruit. One of the worst things that tastes nasty is a banana that you try to put in your Frosted Flakes that got, that's rotten. Somebody say Amen. All right. Turn with me to uh, we got a lot of work to do. Can y'all hold on? Turn with me to James 1, 13, please. James 1 and 13. James 1. And we because we are talking about this. And and today, one of the things that we are what we're going to talk about is we're going to get to the place where we're understanding how we can develop. Listen to this. This is. This is your subject matter for today. How do I develop a hate for sin? Developing a hate for sin. Because I'm going to tell you today, if you never get to that place where you develop this hate for sin, you will always sin and it will always spoil your fruit. Somebody say amen. And so it's important. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right. Because a lot of times we get on the merry-go-round and we go round and round and see because one of the and we go round and round and round and never and we're always getting dizzy doing the same thing, looking for different results. Somebody say amen. But I want to get off. 
Amen. You gotta, you, you gotta say that today. I want off. Come on, say I want. Now you gotta believe that. I, I can't make you say it. You gotta want to say it. I want off. I don't want to continually on the same merry-go-round, doing the same thing over and over. This time next year, I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm struggling. See, my faith. Now, remember what we had talked about this. My faith is based on now. The Bible says this in Romans 8, that without faith. No, well, wait a minute. Faith, carnality, you cannot please God. So I have to understand in Hebrews, he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right. So if I allow sin to get into my life, it disrupts my faith. Oh, no, come on now. Now, you're going to see what I'm talking about today because we live in a, a society, man, I got, uh, I'm planned out where we got to go, where God has taken us. We live in a society where what I'm talking about today doesn't get talked about. And you've heard me say this before, so I'm going to reiterate it. Sin has become a bad word that you don't say in church no more. And a lot of churches you go to, you won't hear sin. Don't nobody talk about it. We just talk about we're on our way. Oh, this is a great day. Let's have enough. How many groups can we put you in? This ain't about putting you in groups. This is about putting you in him. Somebody say amen. You're going to see today he's not playing with us. And if God is not playing with us, why are we playing? Somebody say amen. Glory to God. You got to check this out because, see, every now and then we have to talk about our behavior. Every now and then we need to be conscious of what we're doing. I don't want to say every now and then, but, you know, I've got to be conscious of this fact. Are you here? Look what the Bible says. Let's go to work. All right. James 1, 13. I, I promise you, you'll get a lot of scripture today. <laughs> Romans 1, 13. Oh. Oh, James 1.13. Thank y'all for being with me. Glory to God. Y'all ready? All right. Let's just push forward to see where, how far we can get. Let no man say when he is what? Tempted of God. Or <laughs> I said that wrong. Let no man say when he is what? Tempted. I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he. All right. Let me slow down. But every man is, come on, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, then when lust hath conceived, there it is, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, when it is finished, sin is doing something. All right. It is finished, bringeth forth death. That's why the enemy is attacking us on every hand to try to get us to draw away. See, because sin's doing something. And see, now, did y'all just see something? Wait a minute. Don't go. Don't don't leave here real, real fast. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. This is what I want you to see before we go anywhere. And sin, when it is finished, say when it's done, when it's what, when it's what? Look what he says. When it's finished, bringeth forth what? Death. No matter who you are. When sin takes his hold on you, something dies. It's a promise from God. He did not lie. And see, we're not being told that this thing is serious. Something is dying. Somebody say amen. 
Now, write this down. Sin, or you don't have to write this, but I'll give you a definition in a minute. Sin is the root cause. Listen to what I'm about to say. I said it before, but I'm going to say it again. Sin is the root cause of all your problems. Even when you look in society, the root problem of society is sin. Adam had no problem till sin entered in. Are you with me? You just now listen to child of God. Listen to me. I'm not talking about symptoms. It's easy for us to talk about symptoms. I'm talking about sin. I'm not talking about a symptom. What is the cause of the effect? Why are they robbing? They are robbing because of sin. Listen to my heart. All right. We got a long way to go. All right. Whenever we treat the symptom rather than the problem, we always have the problem. Listen to me. Whenever we treat the symptom rather than the problem, and you're going to hear me talk about this because we're trying to treat sin with Tylenol. Are you with me? It only cloaks the problem for a little bit. But, I mean, the symptom just goes away, but the problem never got dealt with. That's why we can leave the doctor's office, you know, take some medicine and think we're okay. Watch this. All right. Sin, write this definition down for me. Sin is a disregard, disregard for the law of God, which is inherently a disregard for the lawmaker or God himself. It's a disregard for the law of God, which inherently is a disregard for the lawmaker, God himself. So when I sin, I'm going against God. You're going to see that today. Why? Because I have to get off the merry-go-round. I'm tired of being, you should be at a place where you're saying, I'm tired of being a habitual sinner. No, no, you, at the end of the day, we've been trying to get here for the longest time. But you've got to get to the place where you're tired of being habitual sinner. Because, you know, believe it or not, somebody lied to you and told you it was okay. And, that, and I'm going to show you that, that it ain't okay. Somebody, okay, all right, hold on, hold on. See, you can play, you can play this thing for a while, but... <laughs> But you only fooling you. The only one gets fooled is you because God knows who you are. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right. I want the blessings of God, but I don't want to do what he told me. That's not good. Somebody say amen. All right. Sin. Okay, let's go on. All right. The penalty for sin. The Bible says the penalty for sin is death. There are three types of death. Three types. Write this down. Number one, there's physical death. Physical death is the separation of the soul and the spirit from the body. It's a separation. That's what what happens to us. When Adam uh, sinned in the garden, when he sinned in the garden, that's when physical death came on, 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 on the scene also. I believe. And if you study your word, you will believe, too, that Adam, if he had never sinned, could have lived forever. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. 
He would have lived forever. Come on now. Are y'all following me? He would have lived forever in total bliss with God. And God now sends his son, Jesus Christ, back to us so that we can regain that which was lost back with him. Oh, somebody said, now the consequences of sin is still here. Are y'all with me? So physical death, number two. And you can write down Romans 5 and 12. We're not going to turn there. Romans 5, 12 through 14. Secondly, is spiritual death. Spiritual death. Spiritual death is the separation of the soul from God. It's a separation of the soul from God. That's why you have to be born again. Somebody say, I must be. Born again. All right. It's a separation. You know, people don't recognize, listen to Pastor, people don't recognize that hell. Oh, okay, let me get to the last one. Number three. The third death is eternal death. Eternal death is the culmination and extension of spiritual death. It is the separation from God in the lake of fire. It is the separation of God in the lake of fire. Listen to this. Eternal death is when you die and you have you do not know God. Are you with me? Hell. Listen to this. Hell is bad. Not so much because of who is there. Oh, you got to go with it. Amen. And the things and the torment that will be involved. Hell is bad because it is separation away from God. Right now, ungodly folk can still feel the love of God. They still feel when they got up this morning, they felt the love of God, whether they wanted to accept it. They felt it. They felt the sun. They felt it. Are y'all listening to me? They had a take of the love of God that they won't get in hell. Hell is a place that you realize God is not there. Oh, you're going to wake up today and you're going to realize that this it's time to stop playing patty cake and get on this thing that God says of holy living. We can choose to live holy if we want to. Glory to God. Somebody say amen. All right. So eternal death is really separating me. I'm separated from God. Spiritual death, I do that here on the earth. I don't want nothing to do with God. And sometimes people who say they're believers say that. We don't say that by what we say. We say it by the way we act. Oh, come on, somebody. This will get you, I guarantee the Holy Spirit will use this to get you off of your merry-go-round. Glory to God. Is God good? Turn with me to John 3 and 36, please. This is what scripture says to us before believing in Jesus Christ as being under God and the God of being under wrath. Look at what the Bible says. John 3 and 36 says, whoever believes in the son has eternal life. But whoever rejects. Now watch this. I'm going somewhere. He that believeth on the son hath what? Everlasting life. Do you all see it? Look what it says. Look at the screen real quick for me. He that believeth on what? Hath what? 
And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God, look at this, the wrath of God abideth where? On him. So the wrath of God is against all unrighteousness. Are y'all listening to me? All right, let's go. Turn with me to uh, 1 John. 1 John 3 and 1, please. Glory to God. God is an awesome God. Y'all getting that thing already? Man, we got ways to go. But we got, we got a lot of good stuff. Glory to God. This will, this will when you're about to sin, this message going to resonate with you. When you're about to choose to do that crazy thing, it's going to resonate. Come on, somebody. Amen. Some of the things we got to start thinking about what we're doing and how we we placate the sin. OK. All right. <laughs> Why you got to talk about sin? Because nobody else will. Amen. We got churches going to hell. Oh, no, no. Let's tell the truth. We got a whole bunch of churches, whole bunch of pastors, whole bunch of bishops, whole bunch of worship leaders going to hell, playing a game with God. God don't play the game. Oh, no. Everybody going to hell. No, no. Well, I ain't teaching no doom and gloom, but somebody's going and broad is the way. And he even told us when you get to the place where you call wrong, right and right, wrong, there's something going on. And that right and wrong thing he's not talking about in the world. He's talking about it in the church. We have called right, wrong. And wrong, right. And we think everything is going to be all right with him. Oh, he is God. He does not change. Glory to God. There be few that find it. I don't know what his few number is. That's why I'm teaching what he told me to give to you today. Those listening by streaming, you better get this. Those listening right here, you better get this. Glory to God. We we can play for so long. And then, see, I'm going to show you sin has a way of fooling you, thinking you okay. If you don't turn, see, notice what he told us in 2 Chronicles. He told us to turn Turn from our wicked way. Then I'm going to do something. Not stay in your mess. The devil, the devil has developed a theology to allow the believer to stay in sin. And it's called the new grace. The new grace is all about being nice to you. Don't say anything that will hurt your little ears. Because we're trying to build a church around here. We're trying to get more groups together. Last time I saw, he dispersed us to go. <laughs> you know, oh man, you're punishing, you're mad. Oh, okay, I'm ahead of my schedule. But you're, head, you're mad at the punisher instead of being mad at the sin. Y'all understand what I just said? I get upset when my, your child gets mad. Teenagers, hold this for a second. Teenagers, you, you I, I was a teenager once. You ever been a teenager? Amen. You, did you ever get mad at your parents? Why, and you were hate, you, you almost hated them. You know why you hated them? Because they called your sin. And when they told you not to sin no more, you got mad, not at the sin, 
Are you listening to me? You get mad at her because she called you. He called you. But not mad at the sin you were in. That's what you should get mad at. Oh my God, I was in sin. That's what you get mad at. Not at the one who caught you and said, now we got to do some stuff. Now, because of your doing this, there are some consequences. And because of it, I got to deal with it. But now you all mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Glory to God. Amen. Are y'all with me? And we do it in society. You know, we, we get mad at the cop. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some bad cops. But we get mad at the cop for pulling you over. I can't believe you pulled me over. You were speeding. I can't believe he's going to give me a ticket. You were speeding. You were wrong. When will we have a march for unwed mothers? Oh, ain't nobody getting mad at that. When we going to have a march for that? Glory to God. Are y'all listening to me? We focus on the symptom rather than the sin. And then we're wondering why things are the same way. They're the same way because we're putting our head in the sand and we're saying we're not going to see this. We're not. I don't want to see it anymore. But God sees it all the time. Okay, you want to get out? You want to get out of it? Let's 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 keep going. Right. All right. First, first. First John. First John three. Y'all getting there, man? I man, I was just going over this. I after I was done going over this, I I looked at it. I told my wife on the way here. I said, "Oh God," I said. I thought I was only supposed to have one sermon out of this. I think I got me about five, six pages of notes. So I'm gonna give you all what he gave me to give you on this day. All right, look at this. Look at this. See, because you got to get off that merry-go-round. Stop, being, stop blaming everybody else. Somebody say amen. Listen, listen, listen. This, can I stop you for a minute? Because I got to push real quick. This ain't about everybody else. This is about you. Stop looking at, oh, well, I'm going to look over in somebody else's yard. No, this benefited me because it told me to examine myself. And that's what God should be. That's what should be doing with you. Well, if, if they was here today, Pastor, you would have got them. This ain't for them who. All right. All right. Y'all ready? Here comes some tough stuff. Buckle in. I'm telling you already. Lock, lock it down because you're going to hit a bump. Behold, what manner of love. I like this. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us. Wait a minute, hold up. I want to read it from here. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Man, isn't that awesome? He loved us so much that he changed, he changed our relationship already. Isn't that something? Sons of God, man, that means authority. Yes. 
Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. When you're a son of God, you act differently. You know, sometimes you still act in the same way because you th- still believe that Satan is your daddy. And as long as you believe he's your daddy, you act like your daddy. That's who you you ever notice you act like who you spend your time with. You ever notice that you act like you lie because you are spending time with him. Somebody need to stop telling need to tell you the truth. You that way because you you like it. And until you until you get to the place where you hate sin, you ain't you ain't changing your relationship with God. And don't think you're receiving nothing. Okay, y'all ready? That we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. The world don't know you. They ain't trying to know you. Watch this. Let's keep going. But we know that when he shall appear, love it, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he what? is. And every man that hath his, this hope in him. Say what? Purifies himself. Say what? Purifies himself. There's some things I can do. Once I come to know Christ, there's some, some things I got to stop doing. I'm going to show you your relationship with sin should change once you accept Christ as your savior. Okay, look what it said. Look what it said. Even as he as he is pure, I I gotta act like he is. Now I'm not. Hey, look. Okay. Whosoever, look at this. Whosoever committed. Let, let me read it from here. Whosoever committed sin, practice. This we're talking about. Who's practicing sin, transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Let's keep going. Here's my relationship change. And ye know, he was manifested not to give you a call. Not to get you a house. Not to make sure you have money, but you will have money. You will be able to have those things, but I wasn't manifested for that. Oh, no, y'all didn't catch that. No, no, you didn't see. He said, this is what I was manifested for. I was manifested to take away our sins. That's what he was. Plain and simple. Does that make sense to everyone? Now, don't get me wrong. I I know God blesses us. But that is not why Jesus was manifested. It's not what my Bible says. And in him is No sin. Watch this. Next verse, please. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Write these three things down. Oh, man, I get so caught with this time. I miss it. (laughs) Amen. Glory to write these three things down. There were three things Jesus took away. Number one, he took away the penalty of my sin. The penalty. I don't have to be. I don't have to be penalized now because of it. Because the blood now washes and cleanses me from it. Somebody say amen. Amen. Secondly, he took away the power of sin. Sin has no power over me. See, this is where I'm telling you in the fifth fifth verse here. My relationship with sin now changes. Somebody say amen. Amen. And 
Third, last but not least, he took away the presence of sin. The presence of sin is the work that will be completed when we walk into eternity with him. Somebody say amen. First John 3 and 6. Look at this. Next verse. Is God good? Come on. Put it on the screen. Whoso. Okay. Y'all ready? Whoso abideth in him sinneth not. And whoso sinneth have not seen him. Whoso abideth in him sinneth not. You don't practice sin. Whoso sinneth hath not seen him. If you practice in sin, you don't know him. Stop lying to yourself. You may go to church, but you don't know him. That's why I said you may sing on the choir, but you don't know him. You may even preach the gospel, what you think, but you don't know him. Not if you practice it. Are y'all listening to me? See, practice is one thing. Oh, okay. Paul's holding it for me. Uh, Let's talk about sin for a minute. Sin ain't a oops. Sin ain't a I made a mistake. Sin ain't a lifestyle. Are y'all listening to me? This is what I see. See, until you call it what God calls it, you always, oops, I just missed it. No, you didn't just miss it. You are sinning on purpose and you're practicing. And maybe, just maybe, you're a liar because you say you know him, but your actions are saying you don't. You are what you practice to be. Oh, no, y'all need to. Okay, you don't have to eat that, you know. Your practice really does determine what you believe. Somebody say amen. Amen. Let me say this. Write this down. When believers get over into sin, they get over there because of a certain reason. Number one, they get over there because, one, they lack, lack of knowledge. They lack knowledge of a thing. They lack knowledge. Some of you may be over there practicing right now because you don't realize how God looks at sin. And see, because you lack that knowledge, you you just casually sin all the time, not knowing you're practicing getting good. Practice. Everybody practice. We talk like Alan Iverson said, we're talking about practice. Somebody say amen. When you practice, you get good at it. There's a reason why you tell your child go out and keep tell your child go out and shoot them jumpers. Keep shooting them foul shots. Keep shooting them foul shots. Why? Because practice makes perfect. Oh, y'all didn't catch what I just said. That's what sin does. Sin. Oh, I, I got to get there. Sin lulls you to sleep. It really does. And to thinking that you're OK and that nobody saw it. So we're OK. And because Ecclesiastes 8 and 11 said, because judgment against a evil work is not carried out right away. The heart of man is set up to do evil always. That's what we do. We do evil because we don't think God going to get us. See, because sin has a way of killing you without you knowing you're dead. 